mm-hmm. there's nothing more ridiculous than like being in a mansion and having to find gems to put in the eye sockets of a fucking statue. <laughs> zombies coming at you. I know that's how I get in my house every day. There's a statue <laughs> that's out, and I have to like dig a hole and dig the gems out and put the the gems in the eye socket. Welcome to the Radio Renee Podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode 84. Uh, Matt is not here today, so I will be steering the ship. Woohoo! Yeah. And I I heard Matt was out because he has a terrible, terrible case of shingles. (laughs) Is that so? so? Yeah, so we really hope that he's feeling better and that his uh, shingles (laughs) subside. And then hopefully next week his skin condition will improve and he'll be back with us. All right. Why does it have to be something like a pox room thing? Why do you always <laughs> have to make up stories with like gross human body stuff? Um, you know, when I'm absent, you guys can make up something about me. That's the rule. <laughs> okay. That's the rule. So Fine. When you're out, I'm going to say you have the butt flu. Okay. That, yep. that happens that happens on occasion <laughs> maybe that's not too far from the truth all right so so um, we're here today and it's uh three of us of course hillary scott and myself ash are here and i guess the focus of today is really um the results of the vgas and also you know what we've been playing and what we've been doing cool so what have you guys been doing well um i know work's since, been pretty busy it's been yeah busy. work's been pretty busy um uh, you know, it, it's just been it's been kind of crazy gearing up for the holidays. Today we went out and, and got our tree finally. Um, oh, nice. I'm kind of stuck in that old tradition of like going out to the the tree lot and picking out a tree and like. Did you, you know, chop it down? Didn't chop it down. I only did that once. Um, I was up in Montana with my family and we were in a a, a forest and. Uh, wow. I went and chopped down my own Christmas tree, which is probably highly illegal. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I actually, yeah, it was, it was, that was interesting. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so today we went out and got a tree and uh, we're getting ready to do our holiday decorations and trying to kind of get in the spirit. That's super cool. What do you, what do you like to do while you're putting up your decorations? Do you watch a movie? Do you listen to Christmas music? Like, yeah, that's, that's normally like, that's normally what we do. We put on, um, you know, cheese, cheesily enough because we live in Florida, we put on this like video of a fire. Oh, so you watched like the Yule Log or whatever? Watch like YuleLog.com or something and then, nice. and then play some Christmas tunes. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, like the Carpenters. Three, yeah. And it's fun, you know. And then um, let's see what else. I've been playing some games, which I guess we'll talk about a little bit later. But, you know, it's been a good week. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun last week with my Lynn. She was awesome to have on the show and, um, you know, eager to have her back on sometime in the future. So. For sure. Absolutely. Um, Hillary, what are you up to? I know you're packing, so you have a sad yeah. story to tell us about your Xbox. I do. So <laughs> both of my Xboxes and the PS3 have somehow mysteriously disappeared into the land of boxes because Dave wants me to focus on packing and not playing video games, which oh. I think is, is kind of tyrannical, don't you think? He's like, no <laughs> video games for you. Oh, no. It would be the yeah. last thing I would pack. And then if I didn't have my Xbox, I would just play like a handheld instead. Seriously. <laughs> no, well, the worst thing like, is you still have like a week to go before you get out of there. So I don't know why. You need to liberate that thing. Get that thing. I know. 
yeah he's 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 being like um he's kind of like hitler with this with this moving process yeah happy hanukkah almost everyone (laughs) oh my god that might be hyperbole i'm not really sure (laughs) because i don't know what hyperbole means hyperbole 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 yeah amazing well i'm sorry your husband uh locked away your xbox that's very sad it It just gives you more time to read vampire boyfriends there you go. It's true. Yeah, I did. I did actually play through it again because I wanted to get the Hollywood ending. I still haven't nice. gotten it, but uh, yeah, it's it's a good story. But awesome. yeah, um, my boss came from Sweden earlier this week and brought me some some glug, which is like the really highly alcoholic like mold wine. So I've been drinking wow. that, which is fun. Hey yo, <laughs> better than Xbox, I guess. It's incredible. No, I've not better than an Xbox, easy. but at least makes me feel better. I just had an amazing image of a a large um, Swiss man with like hair down to his ass (laughs) handing you like a barrel and it's like drink from this barrel. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Really? It was like a St. Bernard that brought me the barrel around his neck. (laughs) Amazing. Scott. Yes. You're not out of the you're not you're not free of this question. So what have you been doing? Uh, Well, I've. You know, I've been playing some old games, and I—it's kind of refreshing because I like falling off the curve a little bit. So I don't, you know, I don't feel like I have to be playing through something to like make sure that I'm, you know. Actually, if um, our friends over at Reset Transmission, Nate talked about this on their podcast about like spoilers on Twitter and stuff like that, and how sometimes yeah. you feel like you have to keep up with, you know, a certain game or a TV show or whatever, and it just makes it really difficult. So. Um, I've actually been playing like a, I like to play racing games when I'm, you know, not playing like uh narrative games. So I've been playing Dirt Three and just killing time. Out. Nice. Going into yeah, I did see you were playing that, and I was like, he must be going for an achievement or something. Yeah, I mean, I I do want to get the <laughs> achievements in it, but I I there's just something about racing games. I just it's like a weird thing. I just like to fall into that zone and just kind of go through those games and and do it. I think if I ever had like a ton of money, if I was like some kind of billionaire playboy or something, I'd probably um, do rally car racing. Hey, nice. just do it. Yeah, Buy I think that'd be really cool. Bug, you know, save up some cash, put a roll cage on it, and just go driving around town. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I just want someone to sit in the car next to me, you know, and be like, "Hard left, sixty. Hard right, soft turn, slow down." You know, all that stuff. <laughs> well, you always adopt a child and you know train them well. Train them to be a rally yeah. car driver, navigator. Nice. Uh, yeah, so there you go. And then I, there's, um, I've been playing this mobile game that we're going to talk about. So, yeah, let's talk about what we're going to do then. Um, so, like Ash said, you mean, this, the, you mean the rundown, Scott? Uh, yeah, we're going to. This is, this is the part <laughs> of the show where there's an explosion, and we love explosions on this podcast. Let's do the rundown. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. We love sound effects too. Oh my god, right? Missile sound. Missile sound. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my god. Launch fighters. Okay. Oh man. So, uh, uh, yeah, so we're mostly going to be talking about the uh, Spike VGAs, which at the time of this recording occurred last night. Um, And then we're going to talk a little bit about a new um, mobile game called Spellwood that is consuming my life. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Assassin's Creed 3 multiplayer. And then just a quick note about the Humble Bundle that Matt talked about last week. And then in our... 
nerd appropriate question of the week, which ended up being just a half a day. So nerd appropriate question of the half day. Yeah, it should be noted that we didn't even really realize we were going to podcast today. Yeah, <laughs> so no. Kind of, yeah. We were, yeah, so thank you guys for being able to come yeah. in at the last minute. Yeah, I mean, for sure. it's cool to thank people, but, you know, we shouldn't tell people how the sausage gets made, you know? we got That's to, like, true. Make it sound like it's total. <laughs> we're very professional. We, we've been planning this since last week. And yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we actually knew who was going to win these awards beforehand. Whoa. So that's how awesome we are. We do we do our best, you know. We we are pretty good at making predictions, right? We are. Well, according to Ash, the entire world bases their decisions on what we say on the podcast. So yes. I'll never live that down. <laughs> yeah, but that one time, Ash is gonna be right. I will be. You're gonna be sorry. To save the world. Oh my god. So All right. um yeah, that nerd appropriate question of the week has to do with your sort of thoughts and reactions about the video game awards last night. So we got some good replies, so thank you guys. Yeah, yeah. No, we really appreciate it, and especially on such so short notice. That's really awesome. Yeah. News. So let's get into it. Um, I did not have an opportunity to watch the VGAs last night, so um, why don't you just give a quick overview of of sort of what the tone was like and what happened and who hosted and, and that kind of stuff. You want to start, Hillary, or you want me to go for it? Yeah, no, I'll start. Um, okay. Right off the bat, I feel like it was so jam-packed full of commercials that it was like basically someone would come on stage, talk for two seconds, and then boom, a lineup of commercials. The The thing that I did actually really like is that they showed a couple world premieres of new games. Mm-hmm. One of them is called The Phantom Pain, which really looks like it's going to be Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm glad you caught that as well. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was really funny because you know I was I was on Twitter and I was you know tweeting at people, and then all of a sudden you know people were creating pictures of the last slide that showed you know the Phantom Pain, and in the background there's these little lines that if you connect them it actually spells out Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Five. So I was uh, like, wow, that's amazing. And then uh, people were looking up the studio name Moby Dick Studio, which yeah. doesn't seem to have any internet presence at all. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of cool. I mean, what a great kind of marketing technique to, you know, build buzz, right? Yeah, and I mean, it's even kind right, of a red herring. Right before I went to bed, everyone was just tweeting like Kojima just trolled us all because he literally like, you know, they didn't go out flat out and it's almost the anti-marketing campaign. It's like we're just going to show off some in-game footage mm-hmm. that shows how beautiful this game is and we're not even going to tell you really what this game is about. Um, it kind of has a guy that has a bit of a mullet and he's old and you might recognize him a little bit, but it never really shows his face. Just kind of shows him from behind. Um, I did, I mean, honestly about halfway through that, that, um, that footage, I was like, that kind of looks a little bit like snake. Um, and, uh, I, I was curious, but I really do hope it is the next Metal Gear game and that is their, their new engine. And, um, I'm excited about that, but, um, the thing that really threw people off is that the ending scene had a big fiery whale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. And I was like, a whale on fire. Perfect. Yes. Now let me ask you, uh, based on what you saw in this trailer, did it look like it was a current-gen game or a next-gen game? It looked next-gen. It looked – I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know think – yeah, I don't know if, if current gen could pull that off. It, well, I mean, that's it, kind of exciting in itself that we're now actually starting to see things about next-gen games, yeah, you know? Yeah. That's kind of cool. But well, it, I, in terms of the awards themselves, to kind of, like, get back on the rails here, um, yeah. <laughs> I think this year was, you know, I think they did a better job at, at 
actually honoring the people that worked on the games. I felt like the, there was a little bit, a uh, little bit less glitz and and silliness and glamour, and they actually did um, do a little bit better of a job of of um, paying homage to the people that worked on the games, which I think is the most important thing. And I think it was also great to see, you know, how some of the smaller games like Journey and um, Walking Dead fared, and they ended up faring very well. Um, so it wasn't just like a, hey, this is an advertising tool for AAA gaming. I think it was actually a, a pretty decent, like, you know, I think it was a pretty decent nod to, to the gaming industry, which I I don't know if anyone else agrees with me, but that's kind of how I felt. Um, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely putting emphasis on on the future of the gaming industry. I would say I don't necessarily agree with some of the choices of the winners, but I'm you know that's just my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think if you look at a game like Mass Effect Three, right, and and you look at the amount of work, and it might be because I'm so close to it too. When you look at like the experience of that game, and I've not played. Walking Dead, so you know that this could be. Well, don't complete. spoil who wins yet. I'm not going to spoil who wins, <laughs> but what, but what I'm saying is, you know, you look at a game like that, which is episodic and kind of a new vehicle of of playing, and it's a different type of of game. But you look at something like Mass Effect, which took like a couple years to develop with huge teams, tons of people mm-hmm. working around the clock, and maybe it's because I personally know so many people who worked on the game. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like you know, there needs to be a little bit more credit thrown that way. I don't know. I, I, I want to believe saying. I want to believe that an independent studio and you know that there is a market for you know smaller games and, and and I'm always up for innovation, right? I'm always looking for the new next thing. But I feel like you still have to pay credit where credit is due. I think it's I mean, I think it's important to look at the nominating body for this particular award show. And it's mostly um, you know, uh, editors from major publications and in video game websites and stuff like that. So, you know, like, what are you going to do? It's only a sample of video game journalists. So you take a sample of a different group of people and you'll probably come up with different awards, you know? Yeah. If this were voted on by like the Academy of Arts and Sciences, you'd probably get a totally different, you know, set of winners out of this. And they might not all be AAA titles. So you just got to take it with a grain of salt at some point, you know? Very yeah. true. I mean, how many times have we seen a movie that was kind of an independent, like off the beaten path movie win an Oscar over something like Avatar or Titanic? You know what I mean? Which was like yeah. so big and over the top. I mean, we've, we've seen that again and again. So I guess it's only natural that this medium would also get that kind of treatment. Yeah, sure, sure. And I mean, to, you know, to a certain extent, like there are some categories that are, are fan um, related and you know, a lot of those things are probably just going to be reflective of the fa- the flavor of the day or like the um, viewer audience of Spike or, you know, maybe like PC users that have the time to go online and vote like, you know, that kind of in that kind of format. So, yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's all relative and it's it doesn't diminish the sort of the importance of these awards. But, you know, you just got to keep in perspective, like, you know, where it comes from and the you know channel that it's on and the, mm-hmm. the audience that they cater to and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I so, just wish that the format of the of the event could have been more, um, you know, more of the developers and less of the commercials. And I just feel like they they skipped over so many awards that were kind of like, yeah, okay, here's a few awards, but we did well, all of these in the you background. Know, that's like that's like when yeah. you watch, um, absolutely, you know, like when you watch a like a mainstream award show, and they're like, and then they run through a montage of like technical editing, audio production, blah blah blah, you know, like special effects and they just blow through like 10 awards in a row and then they're like best actress and they spend 20 minutes doing that. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I still think 
you know, breaking out the genre could have been nice. I mean, why why didn't they award best RPG on camera when they awarded best action adventure? Or yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Or best shooter. As well. It's a TV show on, you know, on one thing and it, they need to sell advertising spots. So that's part of the problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I get so, it. <laughs> okay, so it looks like Samuel L. Jackson hosted this, right? How did he do? Well, it seems like he would show for anything. You know, I could probably call him over. Yeah, you're right. I I love Samuel L. because I'm a big Tarantino fan. But at the same time, I don't feel like he's a good fit for for this simply because he he doesn't play games. And like there are many interviews with him, um, even at this particular BGA's, you know, where they'll ask him like, hey, you playing games? He's like, no, I don't really have time for games. He's like, when I do, I play like Tiger Woods and stuff. And so basically, you know, he's just a, you know, a hired actor, which I kind of feel like you might want to go for somebody who loves loves this uh, you know this medium and actually use them to be your host. I mean, sure. uh, Zachary Levi did it. Like, what do you expect him to do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zachary (laughs) Levi hosted last year in in Love Him or Hate Him. The guy is a gamer, and you know he loves he loves these games. And uh, I kind of feel like he was a little bit better of a fit for for the host. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe they'll get Billy Crystal to do it sometime. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know. What the hell? Or Jimmy Fallon? That I, that's actually realistic to have Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon would be incredible, absolutely. So that's he'd be great. What did you think of uh, Samuel L. Hillary? Yeah, I thought I, it, he just you know you gotta love him for for what he is. You know, I mean he's he's definitely the guy that will do any movie like Snakes on a Plane, and then he'll do something awesome like Mace Windu in Star Wars, right? So <laughs> he's kind of everywhere. I thought a lot of the a lot of the game studios that kind of integrated him into the games for different things. I thought that was kind of fun. Some of them kind of missed the mark, but some of them are pretty awesome. I don't know. I, I just feel like he was like small things. Like when he was talking about South Park, he was like, and this is what Cartman says. I mean, it yeah. just seems, it, I don't know. know. It just seemed, care. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I would have rather had, you know, someone who's engaging, who's actually in the video game community be up there. I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it could have been cool to have someone like, I don't know, like Cliffy B or some, you know, someone who's like yeah. a real, you know, game maker, and um, by the way, entrepreneur. I know you guys tease me about my love of Cliffy B a lot on this show. Yeah. But he was so, I, I listened to him in a couple of interviews on the red carpet, and he um, is so incredibly passionate about what he's going to be doing next, and he doesn't know, and that's the amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of going around from studio to studio, and he he finally is like he's like I have an idea. He's like, but I don't know what, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with this idea yet. And you could just see this like this fire like behind his eyes, mm-hmm. you know. And he, you know that whatever this this guy comes up with next is gonna be pretty awesome, but he doesn't know exactly what it's gonna be. And he's like, so I've just been hanging out for a couple of months playing games with my wife and ran through all these games he's been playing. And uh, cool. So I, you know, I'm excited to see what Cliffy B is going to come up with. Nice. Yeah, I have a feeling that if he if he decides to start a studio, I I have a feeling that there will there will be a lot of people who start applying for that. Oh yeah. You know, and he so, also said Mass Three is his game of the year. So. Nice. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Shout out. He's in the he's Woo. in the Mass. All right. Well, uh, let's get into the actual awards and maybe. Cool. Uh, so the. 360 game of the year which is interesting because <laughs> i don't know <laughs> of any other really original ips specifically for the 360 anymore other than gears and gears was last year so best xbox 360 game was halo 4 um which is i think next on my list and i'm actually kind of looking forward to playing it because everyone keeps telling me it's the best one so i'm excited good. yeah it's really good i want to do spartan ops 
Exactly. Yeah, that, that well, sounds really interesting. Well, the other games that were up for this award were not um, exclusive. Assassin's Creed 3, Borderlands 2, and Dishonored. Oh, okay. I thought this was like exclusive titles for, for 360. No, it's kind of kind of strange, right? But at least a exclusive title one. Same thing with PS3 and the game Journey. Yeah. That one in that category. Have any have you guys played that? It looks interesting. The art looks really great. No, it I, looks I, beautiful. Yeah. I, I watched um the devs talk about this and they actually were on the red carpet talking about how they uh had their parents play it for the first time and their their parents kind of broke into tears because their parents kind of understood oh, um, awesome. all the trials and tribulations that the developers went through and also um, how this game is special and unique. And it, it is, you know, from what I understand, it's an exploration game with a little bit of platforming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's no HUD or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it is incredibly innovative and I'm glad it, it got some props. You know, a lot of people said this was their game of the year just for sheer innovation. Oh, and nice. I think innovation is something that we we really, really need right now. So, well, I mean, so, didn't, didn't Journey also get nominated for a Grammy for best score? The, the score did. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Really so um, in the other two sort of uh, hardware categories, best Wii slash Wii U game, new Super Mario Brothers U. Um, which seems kind of sudden since that's only been out for about a month. And best Same PC game Halo. is, yeah, yeah, you're right, absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. best PC game is XCOM Enemy Unknown, which uh, which is pretty cool that they got a nod for something because I feel like they could have won in another category yeah. as well. You know, I'm glad that they won best uh, PC game. And um, when we do our game of the year episode, I guess near the end of the month, um, that might pop up on my list someplace because awesome. that game is pretty incredible. Um, as for the the Wii U Super Mario U, um, do are did any other games come out? <laughs> I mean, there's like I I've seen them. The shelf there's you know there's probably about twenty games that are out for this system, like, and some of them you can get on other systems, and some of them you and, can't. And but... the winner for best skin disease is, <laughs> I mean like Jingles. Real, it's like Super Mario Brothers U and Zombie U, and I don't know what else Nintendo Land. Like there's nothing else to vote on, right? Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, last story, Xenoblade Chronicles and Zombie U. So I'm sure, you know, maybe somebody like Nate might have something to say about the last story. Yeah. Being uh, like an original RPG on the Wii, which I heard was very good. Um, and then best handheld slash mobile game was a game called Sound Shapes, which I've not heard of. I haven't heard of it either. I feel terrible for not knowing anything about this. Do you know anything about it, Hillary? No, not at all. But yeah, I we're, will say... We're bad. That during the during the VGAs when I was watching it, I was totally thinking about you guys when they announced Best Shooter, and I was like, oh "Thank my you." God, I bet that there's like confetti and pop tarts. I and literally all that stuff when Borderlands Two won. My my wife because Borderlands Two won Best Shooter, and um, I was watching it with my wife, and I literally did like this really nerdy like two like double arm jack like this. <laughs> for like 30 seconds and i was like "Mm, mm, mm," and i was like super happy like a six-year-old you know you were like partying like claptrap well yeah the thing you know the thing that was cool though is you know my wife um my wife had played through borderlands 2 with me through the entire campaign so she you know she was into it too so she was happy that it won as well and i was happy that borderlands 2 won for a variety of reasons it wasn't just because it's a great game which it is it's because it's funny um, and it's because it, it is, again, it's incredibly innovative. Like it does so many things other shooters that other shooters don't do. And I'm so happy, no offense to, you know, the folks that make Call of Duty, because I know they're all listening to this, but I'm so glad a, a Call of Duty, a, a Call of Duty did not win because I think we really need to get out of that, that 
repetitive, you know, cycle of, of, of just, you know, same old, same old, you know? Like, there doesn't need to be a Call of Duty game every year, right? No, yeah. no. And they're good games. Like, you know, up until, I think Black Ops 2 is the first one I haven't purchased. So, you know, I, I like the Call of Duty games. But Borderlands 2, I can't even tell you how many hours I put into that game. It's it's kind of absurd, and I, yeah. they might lock me away, you know? So, just to keep up with the Borderlands, they also won Best Multiplayer Game. Um, they won uh, Best Performance by a Human Male. Um uh, Damon Clark as Handsome Jack, and he was and, a great villain. What and uh, Claptrap got Character of the Year. That yeah, right. And I know I a, a lot really of. Agree with that. <laughs> I know a couple people uh, that are close friends of mine that loathe Claptrap, that cannot stand when he's on the screen. But and maybe that's he's... why he's supposed to win because yeah, he evokes so much emotion in any direction, either direction. Yeah, I don't know if he's well, the best the character. Oh, that's, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough call for sure. Here. <laughs> no, Shepard is definitely, I mean, Shepard is three games, just probably one of the best characters of all time and, and one of the best active characters of all time. So Shepard should have definitely won over Claptrap. Maybe if there um, was a character of the decade category. There you go. Absolutely. Shepard would have won that. Um, and I see that Haytham was not nominated for character of the year, unfortunately. <laughs> but Connor was. You know, Dude, what are you gonna was, do? His his speech was actually pretty cool. I, I love that they they did that. Did you did you guys see that? Where uh, Connor like gave a speech as a nomination. Each, oh, I, each character yeah. did like a little speech. Oh, that's I cool. That. I saw Connor's. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, he's so hot. <laughs> I heard you say that. That's interesting. And not to get on a um a a tangent about Connor, but I found him to be painfully boring of a character. Seriously? <laughs> I oh, found God. Connor I, I to be so him. boring. He's like, I must go now and kill my enemies because oh, no. they because they are bad enemies. And I'm like, really Connor? Like get a little fucking spice in your life, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well I think well they didn't want to recreate Ezio, right? I mean Ezio is, you know, very Ezio very was spicy. like Han Solo, right? Ezio was like Han Solo and yeah. and and that's a character everyone loves and identifies because you like the roguish, like charming kind of character. Yeah, and, yeah, and Connor was more of like someone who perhaps had been lobotomized. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're well, we're so going to talk mean. a little bit about Assassin's Creed later. Okay, sorry. Um, oh. So let's get on to best action adventure game, which was Dishonored. Both of you played Dishonored, right? Yeah. Hillary did. I did not. It's oh, like, Hillary and Matt, Matt did. I believe my yes. Christmas yeah. list. Exactly. Yeah. Matt loved it, and it. I I like the game, but it was so torture. I mean, it, it's just like I used to think that I was a stealthy player, and this it's game difficult just stealth, right? That's what me. the game's all about. Oh, it, it was punishing. So yeah, so as soon as I got AC three, I was like, well, Dishonored, yeah. you're going back on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. It's understandable. It's understandable. Yeah. So I, I'm actually to, really to not... looking forward to it now. By the way. Um, I think the VGA has sparked my interest in Dishonored after seeing, you know, because they have a lot of like developer opinions and commentaries during this. And I've read a lot of reviews of Dishonored, but it's interesting to actually see individuals that have a lot of passion about a game. And so, so many people really loved it that it really made me want to play it. So now I want to play it more than ever. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's going to be on the summer game pile for sure. Too. Well, I think because it has the backing of Bethesda, I, that automatically makes me want to like it. But I don't know if it should have won in this category, honestly. You are quite the Bethesda fan girl. 
I am the Bethesda fangirl, but I'm also an Assassin's Creed Ubisoft fangirl. So the fact that, oh, you're that AC3 was up in this category, I thought that that game should have won like leaps and bounds over Dishonored. But mm. that's just my opinion. Well, you don't get to see the final vote, so you don't know how close it was. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so best RPG, Mass Effect 3. I don't Woo-hoo. know if there's anything to, to yeah. see there other than that's, that's totally awesome for the Bioware yeah. crew. Absolutely. And... Um... Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, there were a couple interviews and stuff um, with Casey Hudson, and he you know, mentioned that he's not really personally working on the next Mass game, but the next Mass game is kind of in the works. He said he's working on a new IP. Uh, and so, you know, there's going to be new Mass Effect the next couple of years, and there's going to be some new top-secret Bioware IP coming out eventually. So uh, we're, not done, we're not done with the universe yet. Sweet. I Hopefully can't wait for that Mako Kart racing game with me. <laughs> Inside the cart. Uh, totally excited. Uh, like one awesome. of the characters, like you can actually, Blasto is one of the carts and you just like ride on Blasto. And you oh my God. This game chaotic. makes itself, doesn't it? Does it not? Seriously. Why is this not at least a handheld game? There are maps to drive around in. There are yeah. characters to put in the vehicles. There are plenty of so vehicles, right? Powers to get power ups. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. So think about the Vanguard character. You could do like a dash. Oh yeah. Right? Man. Oh Hillary's I, not talking, that means she knows it's true, so she okay. can't <laughs> I'm not allowed to speculate. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> Mass Effect Kart Racing. I've only been talking about it for like eight months now. So um sports categories. Sports. Uh, best individual sports game, SSX. Uh, best team sports game, NBA 2K13. I don't think that 2K13 is very surprising because everybody loves that. I think they won last year too. Yeah. Um, best individual sports game, I just want to comment on for a second. You remember a couple of years ago when this game was introduced as Deadly Descents and everybody flipped their shit? Yeah, because there were like guys with like MP5s yeah. like, fast roping out of a helicopter. Yeah, it looked like some kind of like Call of Duty Warfighter game. And yeah, I, like, what is happening? Yeah, I think, I mean, kudos to them for steering that ship back the right way and getting this really? uh, getting this award. I have that game on my summer game pile, so I'm actually looking really forward to it. Excellent, I hear it's great. Uh, cool. Best driving game, Need for Speed, Most Wanted. I'd, I haven't played this particular game, but I, I do like this game in the series, so that's encouraging to see that they're still um, doing well there. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, when I first got my Xbox, Need for Speed came with it. I don't know how many hours I played Need for Speed. Love was it game. one of the Need for Speeds that had the uh, like the faux FMV like cutscenes with the real actors in it? No, yes. oh, it was like it was like way back. It had um, God, I can't even remember. It had a model chick that was like walking around with you. I yeah, can't, yeah, I can't those, even remember. Those are the ones where, yeah, like there's like the fake like it's like harkens back to the you know 90s pc era like yeah exactly yeah where they're acting you want to hear the bundle that came with my original xbox yeah call of duty one and two (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) oh boy and that is why you have your nice 10th anniversary i know correct i I got that 10th anniversary helmet did you see that scott i did i did and um a lot of people If you look on forums, people outside of the U.S. are buying those on eBay for money. I guess yeah. it doesn't matter how much they're buying them. It's weird. And I was really excited because I'm like, well, I got this helmet. Maybe I'll get the, the Xbox. So I like sure. like crept around my mailbox for days like waiting okay. for the special Xbox. It never came. You know, so, yeah. That's a bummer. Um, let's see. Where are we? Best fighting game, Persona 4 Arena. I've not played this. Have any of you guys played it? We're not big fighting game 
people on this podcast. No, um, you know, what's funny, I did play some of the old Persona games on PlayStation, and they're talking about them quite often on uh, Reset Transmission right mm-hmm. now. I think Anna is uh, addicted to the Persona series. Uh, it's good. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's weird that they're they're changing an RPG into a fighter. Uh, that usually doesn't um, translate very well, but it did win Fighting Game of the Year, so <laughs> maybe, maybe it's actually good. Uh, I don't know, I feel, do like, you... I feel like for fighting games, I'm so brand loyal. Basically, if it doesn't have Tekken or Mortal Kombat or DOA on it, I don't generally play it. Or Soul Calibur, never mind. I play a lot of fighting games, apparently. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a, a Capcom fighter. Like I love I love Marvel vs. Capcom. I love uh, Street Fighter. Have since I was a kid. Yeah. I'm terrible at them now. Like it, It's gotten to the point where I can't even really play them. <laughs> because everyone else yeah. is too good. I used to be really good at... Yeah. Um, like Mortal Kombat 2 and uh, uh, Killer Instinct. Oh man! Because Ooh. I actually oh, oh, I took oh. the kind I took the time to rem- memorize one of those uh, eighty hit combos like in Killer Instinct. Good old Kilgore and what was his name? What I used it? the chick, the the girl that did the you know the batons. She did like the eighty hit combo. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Combo breaker. I really intimidate the fuck out of me in the arcades. Like I'd go in and be like, oh man. All these, quarters down. all these old smelly teenagers are so much old better. Smelly teenagers. <laughs> I was I was honestly probably like ten when that game was in the arcades. Let me let me tell you something um, related to that. I actually read a story online uh, recently. I guess you know Rare is part of Microsoft now, and Microsoft um, recently tried to renew the IP for or the trademark for the name Killer Instinct and lost you know they didn't lose it there's just like you know they have don't to it's through. currently owned by charlie sheen <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you have to go through a couple more Winning. steps to renew but it's it's interesting that they are renewing that trademark so someday maybe there will be a killer instinct 3 that would be incredible very cool uh, but we're going off the rails a little bit um why don't we skip this one and yeah. go it's to... kind of a spoiler Oh, okay, yeah. so I'll, I'll I'll jump in this one. So best yeah. graphics was awarded to Halo Four, which kind of makes me laugh because Matt and I have had so many debates about if it's cartoony or not. Oh, but those debates yeah. never made it onto the podcast. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So best graphics, Halo Four, fantastic. Uh, and then, uh, I can't best... wait to play this game. I'm excited. It's, it's, it's really good. Part of it, I mean, part of the, I would say the vistas are pretty spectacular. Sometimes it does look a bit cartoony, but. Um, I think overall it's it's amazing, so I highly recommend it. Uh, best song in a game was "Cities" by Beck for Sound Shapes. I'm surprised oh. that Lincoln Park didn't win this one. I'm relieved that <laughs> Lincoln Park did not win this one. <laughs> and then we talked about it already before, but best original score was won by Journey, and that has also been Grammy nominated. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um... So the the two big voice acting awards at the VGAs were uh, best performance by a human male, and um, Damon Clark won as Handsome Jack. And I think um, if you've heard his performance, it's definitely unique. Uh, Handsome Jack is probably one of the most dynamic villains in a very very long time, and you definitely love to hate him. And some of the shit that he says in that game is is absolutely incredible. So mm-hmm. um, I think you know his performance is sort of a testament to the writing. Um, the, the writing in, in Borderlands, I think, is is spectacular, and uh, he really did a great job of. Uh, I mean, considering the range of awards that they did win, that's. I mean, it just is a testament, I guess, to the way that this game was, you know, put together and executed. You know, absolutely. And uh, 
best performance by a human female, our good buddy Jennifer Hill, did not win this year, but oh. something tells me something tells me she'll be back at those awards very time next year. Uh, no, no harm, no foul. But uh, Melissa Hutchinson won for Clementine, and you know it. It really is pretty amazing because when you hear the character of Clementine, she's indistinguishable from a seven or eight year old girl. I mm-hmm. mean, there's without a doubt. I mean, if you didn't know Melissa Hutchinson was like in her her 20s or 30s you would never ever know that um you know that she's playing a, a child so i think that was pretty amazing and um also it has to be said that clementine the 7 or 8 year old character clementine is really the first child i've ever ever liked in a video game <laughs> like oh yeah okay honestly like <laughs> no i get it clementine i get it the character is so likable like you really want to protect her and you really want to do right by her um most characters most children in video games uh, hillary do you know in assassin's creed 3 that the little like street trash kids that come up to you and go well 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 yeah. oh well, i hate that well. so that, much and that that is more of what i'm used to of uh, children in video games so it's nice to actually see a kid uh, <laughs> oh that, that was likable other than the the horrible street urchin children yeah even in, um, even in skyrim um the little kids yes kind of annoying yeah <laughs> You're like, can I please kill them? There's like actually, there's PC patches to be able to kill the children. Which oh, is of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's kid well, murder. Let's, uh, let's get to the rest of these categories. Um, best best social game. You don't know Jack? I didn't know that that was still around, but that's interesting. Yeah. I'm assuming that's not about Borderlands Two, but the classic trivia game that's been around forever. Yep, those are fun. Um, best DLC, Dawn Guard. Hillary. Woo-hoo. Yeah, feel yeah, good about that. Yeah, I was that? super excited for that. Still haven't they... played it. They continue to to produce amazing DLC, so um, I'm I'm really excited. I, haven't, I obviously haven't gotten a chance to play Dragonborn, which came out, but um, yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. Um, let's see. So then there were a couple of fan voted categories, which are most anticipated game, Grand Theft Auto Five, and Character of the Year, which was Claptrap. So yeah. that's cool. A lot of buzz about um, GTA Five right now, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, um, I- my big thing about GTA Five is I really, really hope that the characters are actually likable. Because <laughs> yeah. in all the GTA games, the characters have kind of been scumbags, and playing as them for thirty hours just kind of makes you feel dirty. So I really hope that they actually have like the proper motivation for their quests and their journey, and um, it's not just to like, you know, I want to be the richest drug dealer on the planet like that. I don't yeah. want to do that for thirty hours. It's not my thing. I want to kind of be heroic in some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, of course. So the biggest upset of the night, in my opinion, was the Game of the Decade award. So Mass Effect 2 is probably, I think we've all agreed, that it is like the most game-changing game that has yeah. ever come out ever in the whole wide world of video games, right. at least in my mind. And I think that has brought so many communities together. And, you know, it was the reason why I helped start Crabcat in back in the day. <laughs> and it was also, you know, the, my main path into Bioware. So, I mean, Mass Effect 2 is, like, so inspiring. And I'm so disappointed that it wasn't, it didn't win. But there's yeah. such so, a, a such an equally weird and different nerd rager for Half-Life 2 and, and Steam games in general. You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, it's it's hard to say. I don't understand like how you compare Half Life Two and Mass Effect Two and then try to pick it's, a winner. It's you almost know? impossible. Mm-hmm. I mean, Half Life it... Two is awesome, but Mass Effect Two is it, it was something that no one has ever seen before. 
I mean, on some yeah. levels, it's two entirely different games, like almost two entirely different crowds of people. I'm sure there's overlap, but, you know, we're really talking about like PC versus console at a certain level, you know, at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Mass Effect 2 and 3 were, were on PC and, and 1 was as well, but um, I tend to think of Mass Effect more as a, as a console game. Yeah. Console experience. I, I agree with you. And, you know, and, and uh, my memories of Half-Life 2 have, have, have kind of since faded. I mean, no offense. I haven't played the game in probably a decade. So, you know, I don't have like this burning like love of it really anymore. Um, I think I think Valve has kind of... Uh, you mean Half-Life 2? Is it, What did I say? I think you said Mass Effect. Oh, did I? I meant Half-Life. Okay. My apologies. Yeah. I mean, I haven't played Half-Life 2 in about 10 years, but I, I really honestly think that 3 should have come out a very long time ago. I'm not just pissing and moaning that Half-Life 3 hasn't come out because at this mm-hmm. point I don't care. But, I mean, that's, I think, part of the problem. I think it's a great franchise, but I also think it's... Uh, I think a lot has changed in gaming since the last Half-Life came out. Sure, but again, you know, like, this is the best game of the decade as chosen by probably less than 25 people. And it's probably not the same 25 people that, you know, we are, so... That's true. Um, yeah. You know, that's those are the breaks, unfortunately. It's a tough break yeah. for, for Bioware, but, um, you know, obviously their fans are still loyal and love, love, yeah. love, love their games. So let's get to the big, the big news. Um, game of the year. Kind of surprising, kind of not surprising at the same time, you know? Yeah. Kind of surprising because it goes up against, you know, maybe gigantic AAA games. And I don't know that I would think of this as a AAA game, but it's kind of become one, you know? Yeah. It certainly didn't start that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, the... I mean, I guess what what separates AAA from not AAA is is the amount of money it takes to develop something and the size of the team. Did you even say what the game was? I think I just... Oh, I don't think we did. So there's... (laughs) The game of the year was uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead, which was episodic. It was download only up until next week. Uh, Then it's going to come out on disc. Um, And, you know, that's never really been done in this way before. So, um, you know, you had to wait four to six weeks between each episode. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked about this and how that kind of built... That built the anticipation for this game and made people really, really clamor for the next episode and also increased the amount of conversations that people were having. Because once a new episode got released, the gaming press would talk about that episode and then wait. And then the gaming press would talk about the next episode and then wait. Um, I mean, what's really interesting about this, just on a different note, is that this was a game that was made by a company who was basically kind of trying to revive a genre that was not very mainstream anymore. You know, like... There are, you know, there is a community that still likes to play point and click adventure games, but that's where this came from. You know, they were doing um, Sam and Max and Back to the Future and like, you know, games like that, Jurassic Park. And then all of a sudden Walking Dead comes along and it sells like gangbusters and um, sort of touches a lot of different audiences, not just the point and click adventure audience. And I think that's sort of what the achievement of this game is, don't you think? No, I agree. I mean. Ahead, just, to, just to recap, The Walking Dead won Best Downloadable Game, Game of the Year, Telltale won Studio of the Year, and then it also won Best Adapted Video Game. So they, they pretty much swept the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of we've been talking about this game for, you know, like I said, every time a new episode would come out, we'd talk about it on the podcast. So we've been talking about it for months and months and months. Um, 
I don't disagree with this as being game of the year. I mean, oh, obviously, no, 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 I mean, no. I think there are there are a couple of games when we talk about our picks for game of the year later on um, in a couple of podcasts. Um, you know, there's a couple of games that are, are almost tied in my book, but I really think that in terms of the quality of storytelling and uh, how much emotion this game evoked, I think it did a fucking incredible job of making you feel. And that's really what gaming's all about. I mean, you you play to feel cool, or you play to feel scared, um, and and this like really made you feel uh, terror. It made you feel like love and joy and like concern uh, for like a little avatar girl on your TV screen. Yeah, yeah, and that that is just exemplary storytelling. And I think you know people noticed that if it was just a point click adventure game. Um, you know, to be honest, in terms of like the quality of the puzzles, they're not all that great in terms of like, um, you know, some of the adventure elements that are part of it. They're not all that great. Um, it's really about the story, you know, like the story is. and the relationships all between the characters. The and that's it's incredible. Right. And there's not a single puzzle in the game that you're just like, well, why do I have to do this? You yeah. know, it's all like stuff you would actually have to do. It all makes sense with a narrative, which I think was also really important. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more ridiculous than like being in a mansion and having to find gems to put in the eye sockets of a fucking statue. <laughs> zombies coming at you. I just is... like those kinds. <laughs> what are, you, are you talking about? Are you talking about Loom or the Dig or Seventh Guest or Eleventh Hour? Like, every you... single gem in the eye. Fucking... You've just named a lot of different games. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't. Yeah, Monkey but... Island, one of those. Exactly. King's Quest. I think all of those have gem in the eye puzzles. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's how I get in my house every day. There's a statue <laughs> out. And I have to like dig a hole and dig the gems out and put the the gems in the eye socket. Oh, you you sure you don't have to like, dig up a banana peel out of the hole and then take the <laughs> banana peel to like a monkey who then gives you a key and the key opens up a chest and like the chest yeah. has like a milkshake and you give the milkshake to the guy at McDonald's and then he gives you the gem and you can yeah. finally get inside your house. Well, yeah, I mean I didn't want to I didn't want to get into it, but that, that that exactly is how you get into my house. So next time you guys are break. <laughs> Scott is an earlier episode when we were talking about, I believe it was The Witcher, and you said something about you go to the rhinoceros, it farts in a jar. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. know why. Yeah. I always think about that and laugh. Yeah. I have so. a lot of point and click adventure roots, so I, I know the genre. Yeah. I, re- I remember it fondly. Um, any really quick, any final notes about the VGAs? Anything else that we need to know? Yes. So The Last of Us finally got a release date. Okay. So May 7th, 2013 is when The Last of Us comes out. And then we also learned that Bioshock Infinite was going to be delayed a bit. So I think that's coming out in March. Yeah. And they they very intelligently invited uh, gaming press out to play Bioshock Infinite. Um, and <laughs> probably instructed them to tweet about it because uh, oh. all the same day, a bunch of gaming press were like, we just played Bioshock Infinite, and it's great. So who, it pretty... who of us went? Who of us was invited to go? Um, it was Matt. That's where he got the shingles. Uh, oh, okay, right. Oh, man. Well, at least we were invited. I'm the okay. big Bioshock fan here. <laughs> Do you uh, want the shingles? No, I don't want the shingles. <laughs> oh, jeez. I already had the poopie or whatever. <laughs> the poo- yeah, poopie. I felt bad about that. <laughs> Yeah, we're glad you're feeling better. I thought that's um, why you oh, thanks. Yeah, calls. that's great. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with some uh, quick notes and quick reviews, and then we'll get to our nerd-appropriate question of the half day.
we're kind of doing like a shorter podcast this week, so we're just going to do a couple of quick notes and reviews before we get to your impressions of the VGAs. And the first thing that um, I wanted to talk about real quick is um, the Humble Bundle, which Matt mentioned on the podcast last week. Um, This time around, the Humble Bundle is um, being supported by THQ, which is insane because um, right now you can pay what you want and get Red Faction, Darksiders, Metro 2033, Company of Heroes, and the two expansions for that game. And then if you pay more than $5.62, you get Saints Row the third which is incredible right fucking great game yeah so <laughs> i get an email in my mailbox early this week and they go hey what's up humble bundle guy oh i did buy this humble bundle so they sent me an email and they're like hey guy uh if you bought this bundle um we just put two more games in it and you can go get those too so um they released uh titan quest which is an older thq game and nice. uh, a piece of dlc for red faction armageddon so you know why not? I think by the time you guys get this podcast, there will probably be about a day left on the Humble Bundle, but um, hey, it all goes to a good Definitely cause. Definitely go so for it. There's no reason not to get it, considering the list of games. Um, they are Steam games, and they do require, uh, it's Windows only, but I think most people have access to that. Cool. Yeah. Well, definitely check it out, and it's for a good cause, so you can't really go wrong. Yeah, hey, for sure. How could you say no to something called Humble Bundle? Come on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's it's cool. It. I don't know if you guys have ever used it before, but you can choose how much you want to pay, and then you can also choose how you want the money to be distributed. So, like, you can give all the money to charity, and then I think Humble Bundle, um, you can give some to them, and then this time around you give some money to THQ. So you choose how much money goes to each and thing. THQ needs your cash right now. Yeah, so they do. Make sure to they kick do. a little bit their way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, help them out as well. I love THQ. I'm really pissed that they're not doing well. Yeah, I definitely want to see their, their next uh, Saints Row the Third superhero game that was God. DLC and then is now going to become standalone. Can't wait. Yeah. Okay, so um, real quick, I just want to talk about um, a really cool iOS game um, that I picked up this week called Spellwood. Um, and the reason that I wanted to check this out because I found out that it was made by um, Three Rings. And if you guys remember, Three Rings is the company that makes Puzzle Pirates, which is a really addicting um, PC sort of casual game um, where you assume the role of a pirate and everything that you do in the game, um, pirate-related, you accomplish through completing puzzles. And it's like a social experience. It's really fun. That's awesome. Um, So they basically took a game like words with friends and turned it into like puzzle quest, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Kind of, yeah. Okay. So you, the gist of the game <laughs> is that you are a character and you square off against an opponent and you guys take turns like attacking one another with words in a Scrabble style game board. So the words disappear. Like, so in a lot of the earlier levels that I'm in right now, you play a word and then the word you played it on disappears. And then you play a word on top of that. So, like, let's say you put down a 10-point word. You do 10 points of damage to your op- opponent. Hey-o. <laughs> uh, our show notes just got um, stiff. So, um... <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I just read the tagline on this? Because I was yeah. totally thinking this as well. So, all of a sudden, in the show notes, um, an ASCII wiener pops up. <laughs> and then it says, when your penis casts magical spells. Yeah, that spell is not wood. what Spellwood spell is. <laughs> it's totally, that's why I wanted to throw in the uh, Three Rings part, because it's totally like cartoon graphics, and but it's really well designed. It's like super um, cool and fun looking. 
Um, I think I'm a rabbit, and I cast spells with a carrot, I'm pretty sure. That is so suggestive. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're one of those people that likes to play games like Words with Friends or, um, you know, those, like, word spelling things, or you just, like, because what makes this cool is that there are now sort of RPG elements in the game and sort of a loosely structured narrative to go through while you're doing this, while you're competing against these other um, wizards. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you can equip your character with additional, um, like, gear as you get through the game and build experience to, like, reduce That's the cool. damage you take from opponents. Um, there are um, power-ups, so, like, you can throw down, like, a double word or double letter tile as you're spelling a word to, like, deal more damage to your opponent. So it adds a bit of strategy to um, on on top of, you know, the strategy of a, a typical Words with Friends game. And it's really cool. And the, and maybe the other thing to note, considering that this is a mobile game, is that it actually costs money, which is great because once you get into the game, you're not doing microtransactions to beat the next opponent. And I feel like, okay, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of, it's soured me in the past when I pick up a game and I realize that if I want to progress, I have to like start throwing down money. I think this game is like two bucks, okay, uh, but it's super fun. So you know that when you buy the game, you'll be able to get through the game, which is refreshing in this current era of uh, mobile gaming. Um, so I encourage everybody to go check out Spellwood um, from Three Rings, which is now um, part of Sega. Um, and I believe that game is available on iOS and Android. Cool. It's super I haven't heard fun. the name Sega for a while. Sega! Exactly. <laughs> uh, so the other thing we're going to talk about very briefly is Assassin's Creed 3 multiplayer, which is something I never really um, found myself interested in playing. But then once I actually wait, wait, got wait, a... wait, 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 wait. So what? You, you completed the main campaign though, right? So I did. I completed the main campaign. Uh, do you want me to get into it? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. You can't. Yeah, so Scott can't. Scott we talked about this campaign for the last three podcasts. How did you feel? How did you feel? You don't have oh to say God. anything. Um, how did you feel? Part part of me felt good. Part of me felt bad. <laughs> That's a, see. I don't want to spoil it at all for yeah. Scott. So part of me. Did you play like the after the week. credits? Yes, I did. Did you cry like a baby? No, I don't cry. <laughs> I was not, like sobbing. Not not because I'm manly, because I'm totally not. I just like it's hard. You're desensitized it, to video like, game. No, drama. like yeah, like it's it's it, yeah. We'll talk about it, but no, I I didn't really feel any emotion whatsoever. <laughs> Seriously, okay. Yeah. Your your mentor dude, you didn't feel any. Oh my special... god. The, the, I Scott, unplug your earphones for two seconds. We, I still have Just, to edit this podcast. Okay. <laughs> you gotta hold on, cause I'll, this, this has to be an offline conversation. We're running out of time. Yeah, okay. So, Assassin's Creed 3 multiplayer. There are no spoilers <laughs> because it's multiplayer. Yeah. Okay. I have questions, um, so I want to hear yeah, about it. Okay, so uh, you, you start off and you are um, an agent for Abstergo, and there is a little bit of a story involved. Um, and there are a couple different modes. There's one called Wolf Pack, which is like a co op where you have to assassinate uh, targets within a certain amount of time. Um, and, uh, you know, that, while I haven't really delved too deeply into that, that seems to be a lot of fun. But the mode I played uh, for many, many hours this morning was actually the, um, I guess, deathmatch mode, more or less. And uh, it's actually a lot of fun. It's a, a game of cat and mouse, like the old Assassin's Creed 3 multiplayer. You choose between a variety of different characters from, um, 
you know, colonials to different uh, American Indians, male and female, um, and they all have a variety of weapons. The characters are all customizable, meaning you can change their their clothing, you can change their their makeup, um, in some cases even their hairstyles and their facial hair and things like that. Um, you can also change what weapons that they have, and, and so you can really kind of build a character that is your own along with the abilities that they possess. So the basic goal of a death match would be um, the match starts out and you get a target and someone else gets you as a target and you have to kind of sneak around a level uh, while looking as much like an NPC as you can. You have to locate your target and you have to assassinate your target. And there's different points for t- different point values for the uh, the way in which you kill them. So if you're, say, for instance, sitting on a park bench and your target walks by you and you pop sitting up off the park bench. Park- Exactly. If your target walks by you while you're on a park bench and you assassinate them, you'll get a shit ton of points. But if you're sprinting down the street like someone on bath salts and you clothesline (laughs) them, (laughs) you will probably not get too many points. So So that that brings me to the question, which is skill. Yeah. How how (laughs) are the people and I'm talking about the actual people online that play this game, because my experience with Assassin's Creed multiplayer is that people are still trying to play Call of Duty. You're going to love it, man. Everyone is actually playing like it should be played. Whoa, I'm stoked. It's the only way to get high point values up to like, let's say, for instance, if you just run and clothesline somebody like an idiot, you'll get maybe 100 points. Mm -hmm. You stalk your target and get in nice and close and do an actual stealth kill. Um, you can get anywhere up to like four or five hundred points. So it really, really does reward you for being stealthy and playing the game like yeah, you should play. It seemed like last time in the previous game, like they still punished people for running around, but apparently they didn't do it enough because people didn't seem to care. So it's nice to hear that people are playing along now with, you know, the rules of this game. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I didn't play too much of the old Assassin's Creed uh, multiplayer modes, but they really did make it. Um, it's very user-friendly now. I, cool. I found the old system to be a little bit clunky. But now uh, identifying your target is, is a bit easier. Uh, you can definitely tell there's like a heartbeat. I don't know if this existed in the last one. But this heartbeat gets louder and louder and faster and faster as the person that's hunting you gets closer to you. Oh, cool. So it really builds the tension and builds anticipation because you're kind of walking around and you're hunting your target and then you'd hear this heartbeat getting louder and louder and you're like, well, fuck, there's somebody that's right on me. So then you might have to start acting a little bit erratically or, um, you know, try and cover your ass and maybe break into a chase to try and get away. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to it and, um, it actually is a lot of fun. I honestly just did it cause I, I saw there was an achievement that was just like customize your character and I was yeah. like, let's get in and do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Um, yeah, and I, I got in and, and I That's did that. Funny. And then I was like, this is really fun. And yeah, I told him to play. I'm looking w- forward for uh, all of us to play together. I think I think when you do, because there's team deathmatch, right? Does this one still have team deathmatch? Uh, I, I didn't really dig that deeply into it. The previous it. ones did, so I'm assuming this one would too. And and that you know that being said, all of us playing together with like headsets on a team, I think would be really, really fun to do. That'd Definitely awesome. awesome. Yeah. Cool. And also, you know, um. I am not great at these Assassin's Creed games, but um, there's I think there's eight people in a team deathmatch, mm-hmm. and I was consistently getting like third, fourth, second place. So it's cool. it set me. And people, you know, I was only like level, I think I ended up at like level eight or nine. There are people at like level thirty, and I was performing better than them because it isn't 
is isn't a question of like what build you have or anything like that. It really is watching your targets, checking your surroundings, and just really just playing the game. It's more skill based yeah. than, than PTFO, gear. man. PTFO. Exactly. Cool. Also, um, one one last thing at the sure. uh, VGAs last night, we found out that a, a new piece of DLC for AC3 is going to be dropped, and it's called the Tyranny of King Washington. So it's kind of like alternate universe if George Washington had changed history and become, you know, like a tyrant. So that could be pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to that. You know that some of the founding fathers actually wanted him to become a king and he refused. Mm. I did not know that history buff. There you go. I get paid for. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. You know what? I bet you, I bet you had he become king, he would have been a vampire. Yeah, exactly. Throwing that out there. And then Lincoln would have killed him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is just books. Let's write books. Rich. Let's do it. Done. All right. Uh, um, cool. So that was Assassin's Creed 3 multiplayer. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we'll do one more quick break and then come back with your reactions to the VGAs in our Naquado. Okay, you guys, we're back, and we're going to go through some of your impressions and apparently Twitter conversations that are <laughs> kind of at us and kind of at other people, and it's going to be fun. It was, yeah. So our, the question, of course, was uh, what are your favorite? What was your favorite part or least favorite part of the VGAs? And we got, a, of course, a variety of awesome answers from you guys, and um as always, we really, really appreciate. Especially this one was incredibly short notice. So <laughs> thanks for yeah, super, very super quickly awesome. replying to us. <laughs> um, so the first one is from our, our buddy Justin Banks, um, the ever faithful. We need to we need to get this guy like we need to get him a, a sticker a prize a sticker that you that, a sticker. <laughs> I was thinking more I of like a, me some stickers. I, yeah, I was thinking. Just more keep of in like mind a, that Hillary really likes stickers, and it's not does. a yeah. <laughs> Thanks for all your devotion over over two years of listening to the podcast. We're going to get you a sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say a t-shirt, but that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. No, you never know. You never know. T-shirts are coming, and they're going to be the best t-shirts. Yes. Yes. Um, Anyway, Justin Banks is the gentleman that we're talking about. And um, Justin answered, uh, his favorite part was Claptrap getting character of the year. So he's a Claptrap fan. And least favorite part was um, Sam Jackson saying he's a badass every five seconds. We get it. Is is Sam Jackin, Jackson's uh, caricature kind of becoming like Chuck Norris? It, the problem is Sam no. Jackson, unlike Chuck Norris, is the highest grossing actor of all time. Oh, so yeah. Good point. City to do really whatever he wants. Touche. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it was kind of weird how he was like, you know, overtly trying to drop the F-bomb like every five seconds. That's what yeah. people want him to do. No, but it's just, it's just, it was kind of weird. He was like, okay, whoever's, you know, on the beat button or whatever, just get ready. And then he'd oh. say something like, gosh, blah, 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 beep. <laughs> it was just annoying. It was like, okay, just act normal. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, you guys go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Giener at Reginer says, it was actually only a little less blatantly offensive uh, main show wise from what I remember, but it still needs tons of work. And we were kind of talking about this offline that, it, you know, it is on Spike. So 
Yeah, there's a you got to expect a certain level of uh, of what's the right word here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even want to like tread into this territory. Bonus. That's that's really yeah. all I want to say is that yeah. it's on Spike. And there you go. And with so, that comes some stuff. That is true. So Jesse Lamb and Axel ninety nine, amazing talented artist. We love her. The live video game music medley was pretty rad too, wasn't it? I would agree. That that that's, actually was so awesome. That was really cool. Um. I that was probably one of the highlights actually for me is uh, that whoever you know was uh, who was playing that was it like like what symphony was that I don't know but they were great <laughs> they were incredible so they did a video game music medley that was really great yeah. uh, one really quick thing that I want to add uh, I watched this actually streaming on Xbox Live and it actually had pop up polling um, how with, surprising was that that they streamed it on Xbox it was That's- actually awesome it how was cool totally is that lag free it was crystal clear the lag free polling you could actually influence um the happenings on the the awards wow so, like hey which music do you want to hear on the break and it would vote in real time and then like for instance i voted for like a mega man 2 track uh for the dj to spin a mega man 2 track and lo and behold the mega man 2 track won and the dj spun the mega man 2 track and cool. it was really really cool and it actually you know I'm a little ADHD, if you guys haven't noticed, but um, uh, it gave me something to do, you know, um, while the VGAs were happening, and there were parts I didn't really enjoy because things would pop up, and I'd get to vote and look around the screen. So it was a really kind of fun, interactive way of watching an award show. So I think they did a great job with it. Kind of exciting, and I, I'd also add that you know they did this during the debates too. They uh, streamed them on Xbox Live Event Player, yeah, and they did real time polling, but. All of that stuff is also um, compatible with Xbox Smart Glass, too. So <clears throat> you could have sat on your couch with your phone or tablet and responded to those questions the same way, and it's it's really cool. That... Scott and Hillary, how do you guys feel about real-time polling? I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel strongly about it. Do you? Yeah. Hillary, how about you? I would, I would strongly agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh... You know I'm in market research, right? Yeah. <laughs> that real-time polling. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And I love, the awesome. Idea. I love the idea of um, more gadgets to interface with while you're watching yeah. something. Why not, I'm, right? I'm really mm-hmm. into that. And the fact that it fucking worked is great, too. I mean, half yeah. the yeah. they'll introduce like stuff like that, and it just doesn't function. But this actually worked pretty well. That's they all should people have had, the day. Just they should have fuck- had some real-time polling that said less swearing or more swearing for Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Just to see what would happen. That, yeah, exactly right. You can't tell that um, guy what to do. Exactly. So the next <laughs> is... Like, uh, Thanks, C- fucking pain. <laughs> That's what he literally said. <laughs> he did say that. He did. Uh, next up is C. Deco, who is at uh, Foxy on F-O-C-Z-Y-Z-I-E. I believe that is Foxy on Twitter. And he says, uh, kudos to game trailers coverage, backstage coverage before and during the show was great. Hoping for post show next year. Yeah, that's awesome. I heard a lot of good stuff about what game trailers was doing. And so um, they produced the show. Yeah. And hats off to them. I heard they did a great job. So no, I mean, game, game trailers produces the award show as well. Oh, like literally in the, somebody booth? from game trailers produces the award show. Oh, that's awesome. So that kind of makes sense with, with the trailers and everything. Thanks uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So Gainer at Regainer says Jessica Alba looked drunker than us, and we were pretty, <laughs> we were pretty ass drunk by then from the drinking game. Apparently, some viewers had a drinking game going on, but I don't know if she looked drunk as much as she just looked kind of out of place. I didn't you know, know she, she played was... video games. 
Well, who knows if she actually does or not, but she seemed a little nervous and you could tell she was like, ah, mm. ah, ah, ah. Right. so perhaps yeah. she was drunk, but, um, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a quick, not to make this go on too long, but do you think that the, the guests, the celebrity personalities at the award show next year should be actors or do you think they should be people that are involved in the games industry or maybe actors that play games or are passionate about games? What do you guys I, think very I, briefly? I would love to see like Jennifer Hale be one of the hosts or something like that. You know what I mean? Someone who's actually an actor who's a part of the experience to mm-hmm. be, you know, kind of kind of how they do with the Oscars, how they'll bring out, you know, actors to announce different awards. I would love to see voice actors or, you know, producers that we, we see a lot or, you know, some gaming personalities. I would love to see that. It, I mean, it would really just, just like mainstream. I think it would boil down to, um, you know, you need to find somebody that is also, like TV and stage friendly, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like have the charisma to carry an award show. That's true. Too. Um, but I think about like, you know, think about what they do for um, star Wars celebration. Like the, you know, the people that they pick from the star Wars universe to host that um, also just happen to be like very charismatic on stage. So I'm sure there's people out there that would fill the role, you know, fill both roles, video game and, you know, stage charisma. So I think it would be a great idea. I agree with you. Well, I don't know. As soon as as soon as we start to legitimize that, like video game awards, whether it's Spike TV or whatever, I mean, as, as soon as we start to do that, I think more mainstream people will focus on it. Yeah. You know, we're kind of breaking barriers. But if we can, you know, we have the Tonys, we have the Grammys, we have the Oscars and the Emmys. Like, why not have something like that for video games? For sure. It's not just the VGAs. It's something, you know, we give it a name. I think it'll come in time. <laughs> I think it'll definitely come in time. I think it will as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So next up is um, another one from C. Deco, who's at uh, Foxy on Twitter. And he says, overall, much better from the blatant holiday ad show from the past, but still room for work. I think that was the general consensus that uh, this year was better than last year. And it felt less uh, sensationalized and it felt a little bit more sincere, which I think was really, really important. So, you know, I don't think anyone like screamed they loved it. Um, But uh, at the same time, a lot of people were like, hey, you know. There's an award show on television about the things that we really appreciate and enjoy. And, you know, hey, look, there are voice actors on yeah. television talking about the things that we yeah, love that's, and enjoy. That's exciting. Do you want to read the next couple of these in comment, in conversation format? Sure. I mean, because uh, we can go back and forth, probably yeah, this, with the exception of Sarah's. These are all uh, conversational. Uh, so Regina says, how vague was the Dark Souls 2 trailer? Uh, so... And how vague was the Dark Souls? Oh my god! How vague? How vague the Dark Souls? I can't say souls today, guys. So right, someone else might want to take this one. Yeah. Apparently, and how vague the Dark Souls Two trailer was that we couldn't tell what the game was until the title. I don't think that was a bad thing, actually. I was like, "What is this? Could yeah, this be something good. for Skyrim? Maybe it's like, oh. maybe it's Dragon Age Three early. Wait, what's going on? Why is there a dragon? Why is this so cool? Oh boy, oh boy!" And then it was like Dark Souls Two, and I'm like, "Awesome!" Like I have trouble saying that too. Apparently, <laughs> Dark Souls Two. Dark Souls. Souls. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm really built into the brand anyway. So yeah, for me, having it at the end was a, was a bonus. Look cool, uh, yeah, like- and then. To which Jesse Lamb said, because Kojima trolled the gaming world with Phantom Pain. We were all, what is this tomfoolery? <laughs> yeah, that was basically everybody's response. Yeah. yeah. It was kind That's of awesome. Great. Man, I can't wait for Phantom Pain. Oh, Phantom Pain. Uh, Sarah Anderson at Sarah JLA 
Hi, Sarah. She says, uh, favorite part was the Last of Us trailer and Dark Souls trailer and the videos for Character of the Year. Those were actually really well done. I thought they were funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Next up. Is uh, Jesse Lamb. Yes. All right. Go ahead. So having, uh, at Axel99 says, having hung out with them all evening, I say ditto. Fave part was ME3 and arguably the Kojima trolling. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Cool. Um, and then Reginer says, um, I was thoroughly surprised that The Walking Dead won Game of the Year. It's barely a game, but speaks volumes for storytelling. Having a sponsor whose slogan is, it's not for women, is real appropriate. I think she's referring to Spike. Oh, uh, I see. It was the Dr. There was actually a Dr. Pepper ad. That, oh, yeah. That okay. very, you know, even I, um, I am not misogynistic in any way, shape or form, but I was like, this is the the ad for this Dr. Pepper literally says it's not for women. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I know. no, they have that. They have like, that. What are, you, what are you doing? That's like 50% of the population. I mean, like, it's, it's kind of a bummer that like, you know, because the, the show is on spike, it does really very little to forward, you know, this, this movement that, you know, females and males are like sort of equal partners in, in the gaming community. You yeah. know what I mean? Like everybody is in this together. And I think you are, sort of automatically alienating a large set of people by producing it, you know, or, or like packaging it in a certain way or, or yeah. putting it on a certain channel. Yeah. Do you know what's funny though? I'm so less annoyed by that than I am the Nintendo ads where someone's like, I'm not a gamer. Yeah. You know? yeah. Sure. I, like, I just think that this is silly. This is silliness. Like Coke zero tried to do this whole thing where it's, this is for men. And um, I actually happen to like Coke zero. I also like, you know, diet Dr. Pepper. I mean, whatever. It doesn't. It, whatever. If guys want to strut around in lumberjack outfits and like think that they're men drinking a diet soda, go for it. I but don't maybe care. it's just too targeted in the first place. You know, in in either direction. Too targeted towards males. Too targeted against females. Too targeted towards females. You know, like. Well, I don't know. Like women have like you know the secret deodorant or whatever that says strong yes, but it's, man it's not gaming. You know what I mean? That gaming is not that thing. It that secret. should not be the thing. I don't know. I, as a woman, it doesn't bother me too much. It, to me, it's just, you know, men being men. And <laughs> oh, okay. Being like, Fair enough. I'm a guy. I'm a bro. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think I was already put off by the bro-ness factor of, this, of the game show or game show, the gaming award show anyway. So yeah. to me, that was, this is so minor in comparison to the kind of the overall tone and feel. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Andrew Baker at a Baker N seven says also too much male targeted ads could have been more inclusive. Uh, best performance voice actors should have been on stage. Feel that The Walking Dead should ha- should not have won Game of the Year. It was really good, but Dishonored or Emmy three were better candidates. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't really see. We didn't really get a lot of feedback on what should have. You know, like a difference yeah. of opinion. I suppose. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Corey Ann Campbell at Mrs. Vulture says favorite bits uh, were the musical score and the Femme Shep Bro, Bro Shep nomination video. That was actually really fun. It was awesome. Um, on the same screen at the same time, which was cool. Least favorite was the voice actor awards not being part of the main telecast. Uh, more appreciation for voice acting. You're not going to find uh, bigger supporters of that idea, uh, Corey Ann, because uh, they're always nice enough to come on our show. <laughs> and we yeah. love them. And uh, we appreciate what they do. So we totally agree. I definitely think that's a really important part of certainly this podcast in our community is sort of this love and attention of voice actors. So yeah, they I, make the games. I mean, I think it'll get there. The, the I think it just takes time. I think it'll just take time. Totally. Yep. 
So Stumpy Nat, who is also part of the Nerd Appropriate family, hey Natalie, mm-hmm. she says uh, that they barely show any awards. Would have been nice to see folks get to take the stage. For example, ME3's RPG when I agree with that. And sadly, typical assumption, only guys watch or care about the VGAs by advertisers. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, that is a big assumption. So there's but, the you thing. know, that's the thing. Well, that's the problem with, with television. We could talk for hours about that. But, you know, selling of ads and is typically... You know, it caters to a certain audience, and that can be very alienating. Yeah. I mean, relatively speaking, gaming in general is so young compared to, you know, the movie and uh, music industry. So, again, just, you know, it'll take time. Indeed. I am optimistic. While I don't really agree that The Walking Dead should have taken Game of the Year, um, I do. But you haven't played it. But I haven't played it yet. There you go. So, yes. But I do believe that Mass Effect 3 should have won. But beyond that, I feel like the fact that that did win. It's kind of telling. So it's it's kind of the opposite. It's um, is it tale telling? Ooh, hey oh. oh. Yeah, I mean it's so I think that that game is a bit more sophisticated than the audience for the VGAs is assumed to be, right? So I think it's kind of cool that you know games like Journey and The Walking Dead that aren't typically brotastic yeah. are winning. You know what I mean? Sure. Like so, I think it's kind of cool that it's almost like a backlash. Like you know, hey guys who want to think that sure. Spike VGAs is all about bros. This is, this is gaming's a lot bigger than that. I yeah, agree. You've just taken your first step into a much larger universe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the Star Wars quote. There you go. Awesome. All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for episode Rady Roar, um, <laughs> episode eighty four of the Rated NA podcast. And uh, next are we going to reveal this news that you have? We are going to reveal the news because little Easter egg in. at the end of this podcast, isn't there? We're locked in and ready to go. So next week, um, episode 85, we're actually going to be joined by Ashley Birch, and she's going to be on the whole show. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with Ashley Birch, she's from the web series Hey Ash, What You Playing, which has um, gotten many, 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 many hits on the old internet. And she's also the voice of Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina! Uh, yeah, and so we're going to be hanging out with Ashley Birch next week and talking about games and um, and all sorts of crazy uh, fun stuff and we're really really stoked to have her on so we can't wait to share that episode Woo-hoo. with you guys it's gonna See, be fun and that's why you stick it stick around to the end of the podcast because there's secrets there's secrets. secrets oh also if you um if you tweeted at us with a contest from last week um the vampire boyfriends contest uh look for your uh your prize coming very soon because some of you did sex. win vampire sex hashtag vampire sex <laughs> All right, guys, have an awesome week. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find us at Nerd Appropriate on Twitter, um, Facebook slash Nerd Appropriate. You Don't can, like uh, us. yeah, you can like us. You can, we actually got, hey, we got some uh, new iTunes ratings, yeah, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I know that um, Nate gave one of those as well. So thank you for telling us that we are okay at what we do. <laughs> I actually really appreciate that. We really appreciate that. Yeah, so. We do. Thank, um, you, so thank you so much for the, the comments on the podcast. That's that's really awesome of you guys to go out and do that. Awesome. Um, and then you can, uh, of course, email us at Ash, Matt, Hillary with one L or Scott at nerdappropriate.com. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, as always, our theme song is by the most excellent Big Giant Circles, which is Jimmy Henson. Um, as always, go check out his band camp. And I think that's it. I think it's it. I think we covered almost all the bases. Sounds good. We did good for like a, a super glued together episode. Not too shabby, you guys. We did it. Good. 
Good, Good job. job, guys. Good right. job, everybody. Yay. Yeah. Tune in next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. that turkey i'm gonna start calling people turkey hey granddad i know because my that's what my dad would call me when he was when he'd be mad he'd be like you're being <laughs> such a turkey <laughs>